to the Soul Savvy Show. We're back another show. We have an illustrious, incomparable guest. He's fantastic. He's like a vocal scientist. That's what I call him. Uh, he's a has an amazing YouTube channel I just recently saw. And it's just, I was like, I have to have him on. I've been excited for like forever to get him on here. But y'all give it up right now. He's an amazing vocal coach, just all around, just amazing, incomparable, like I said. Uh, y'all give it up right now for Mr. Jan M. LeGrand. How you doing? I'm well. I am well. I am well. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Amazing. I, I've been. I've really been looking forward to this because it's. I like. I'm excited. I'm. I'm so. Your your content really enthuses me in terms of like the music nerd in me that like yeah. pays attention to those particular things with singers. But before we even get to all that, before we get to the YouTube channel and get to your whole career, oh. start from the beginning. I call it the. The musical genesis for our guests, you know, so they can know about our guests, you know, get the backstory, uh-huh. and then we lead up to present time. But right. uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna get straight to it. I'm gonna ask, uh, in terms of your your upbringing, what music did what attracted what? Not necessarily a genre, but what was it that a singer or a group that pulled you into music first? Wow, that's a good question. I mean. Um, what group really pulled me into singing or John or person? I would say a few people. One was my grandmother who passed when I was very young, but she was a great singer. Um, her name was Fossey Bass, and she was one of the first sopranos that I ever knew. You know, she was just an awesome singer. Um, but I, you know, I, I think just hearing my family, because I have two older brothers who sing, my parents both sing. Both sides of my their siblings sing, my grandparents sing and sang. So there was just always somebody singing around me. So I don't remember when I was pulled in. I was always in it. I mean, I think I started, my mom said I started singing in choir, like my church choir, and I was two. I just started singing, you know, because I have two older brothers who all sing, and so they were singing already. And my aunt, her sister, directed it. So it was kind of like, just put them up there, you know. So I think it was more so just. I don't ever not being in singing. And, you know, so funny, somebody asked the other day on Facebook, what made you know that you were a singer? And I'm like, I never thought I wasn't, if that makes sense. I just always have been yeah. in it, you know, right, right, right. being ever being pulled in. I just kind of like, this is what you do. You know, I, this is what you do. You sing. I never knew that I couldn't sing. I just have always just been able to do it, just get up there and do it. So, yeah, that's a good question. I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you... Uh, well, sure. You grew up singing in a choir and singing there. Was there any particular um, genre you wanted to sing or did was it just all gospel growing up? Um, I had my days. I wanted to do R&B, too. I had my little days um, where I wanted to kind of do. Cause I, and I'm going to tell you, when Sammy came out, <laughs> I thought I was Sammy. And I thought I was like, like, like he my competition. Like, well, he, he out and I'm not out yet. Like. <laughs> We the same age, both the same, like, what's up? So, so I remember that, you know, but I mean, it was, it was church all the time for me. And not that I was, you know, 
raised in a super strict house. It wasn't like that. It was just with the church. So mm-hmm. as a result, I sung a lot of gospel growing up. Um, and then in high school, I did a lot of musical theater. Um, you know, I studied classical a little bit in college, but I didn't stick with it as much as I stick with everything else. But gospel was always it, you know, but um, even in singing R&B, I sounded like gospel. <laughs> You know, no matter what I did, it was always church, some type of way. So I just stuck with it, you know, so the whole gospel thing. So so it wasn't so you like you said earlier when you were saying that somebody was like, how did you know when was it um, was it like any kind of pushback with you singing, wanting it as a career? Or was it something you want, always wanted to do or was it a pushback from anybody? Hmm. It was, you know what? I grew up in a house where my parents, because they sang, you know, they're they're not like, they're not traveling singers currently. But like when I was young, I remember my parents were wedding singers. They would sing Endless Love. My Endless Love. Almost every weekend for somebody's wedding. And I remember sitting in them pews, listening to them sing the same songs. So I remember, so when I expressed interest in singing, they were like, cool we know you can do it. So just a point of how you going to do it, you know? Um, and so even in college, when I wanted to study singing in college, they were like, okay. And honestly in college, I gave myself pushback. I was like, uh, uh-uh, I, I know enough at 18. I know enough about singing. I don't need to study singing anymore. <laughs> you know, I got it. You know, so I went right. to every PR, psychology, went to everything. And three semesters in, I was like, I think I'm going to study voice. My parents was like, finally, like, will it take you long enough? You know, um, so my parents, I didn't see anything else happening for me. But all the teaching thing happened totally a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the singing, I was I went to performing arts high school, performing arts middle school. So I just have always been immersed um, in the singing, you know, my whole life. So I, I got pushed back from, you know, people who didn't know me that well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like just random people, like maybe like, a, you know. In the community, you just random people. But in terms of people who knew me, I never, I mean, I had performing arts perks in the summer. And I mean, so I've always been immersed in the arts some kind of way. So I never really experienced the pushback that some artists do experience when they are, they want to pursue the arts some kind of way. Because they think, oh, there ain't no money in that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I said, turn off the music in a movie and see how boring it is. You, you, you know, turn off the music in your car. See how boring it is. And you talk about the arts don't make no money. You paying every month for Apple Music. Every single month. You paying for Spotify, Apple. You paying for YouTube and them at, you know, so there is money in, you know, the arts. And that's just the performing part, you know. So, so yeah, I never got pushback. I was always like, you know, let's just do it. Let's just go for it, you know. In terms of singing, because there's different styles of singing, is there any particular, like, whether jazz styled or gospel, is there anyone that you gravitate more to in terms of that fits your vocals or what, how you want to teach or uh, assess anything? Is it a particular genre, vocal genre you go with? When it comes to singing, yes. I tend to go for singers who are very aggressive. Um, I'm an aggressive singer. You know, I'm a very, I won't say necessarily high energy but I don't hold nothing back either. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, my, my favorite singers are Karen Clark Shear, Lettucey, um, you know, the Shaka Khans and the Fantasias and all those people who just kind of go for it, you know, um, and, you know, Squall and all that stuff. Like, that's, I love that stuff. Like, 
That's what. That's how I sing. Like when I'm <laughs> when I sing with my brothers or singing any like choir or anything, I'm always the one that gets the churchy leads and little ad libs. But I go for days. So just give me a give me a vamp. I'ma drive it. So this guy. I could go to town on that. I love that kind of singing, you know. Um, but I don't feel like I love jazz. I feel like I'm good at it, though. I just don't feel like I'm good at it. I, I just, I've, I've, I can sing jazz, but I don't think I'm necessarily a jazz singer. To me, there's a difference. I can sing Misty, I can sing Blue Skies, I can sing whatever, but I wouldn't label myself as a jazz singer. Not to say I couldn't do it. I probably could if I wanted to enough, but I just, you know, it just, me, my voice, I, I fit, um, you know, I, well, I, I like to go where I feel like I fit more, you know, just for me. Now, teaching, that's a whole other subject, you know, because mm-hmm. teaching, I try to stay very unbiased in my opinion about what I like to teach, what I like to sound like. Now, however, my content is usually based around Black vocal arts you know, um, because I feel like we're not talked about enough. Um, you know, I get a lot of these channels talk about the the mainstream, which ain't that wrong, or they can sing too. God mm-hmm. bless. But you know, nobody was talking about you know Anita Baker. Nobody mm-hmm. was talking about Lettucey. Nobody was talking about Shalea. Nobody was talking about all these artists that I enjoy. That I'm like, man, like I love what they're doing. Let me explain what they're doing. And that's really how the YouTube channel kind of sprouted in that way. Um, for me, but in terms of teaching, you know, I, as a teacher, my, my job is to make sure the client feels good and that what they're doing is healthy, you know, mm-hmm. so I try to stay very neutral in my opinion, unless they ask for it. Of course, my opinion does come into play sometimes when I'm coaching and things like that, but Jimmy, I like to say very neutral, unbiased, because I want the artist, the client to be the mm-hmm. artist. You know, that's really one thing. Instead of everybody sounding like me, that's boring. You know, everybody, if I make everybody sound like me, it's like, okay, I could tell you said it with Jaren because that's what he do. You know, <laughs> no, right. I ain't going to lie. When I have my college doesn't work at, um, <laughs> all the teachers know my students because y'all do runs all the time. I use a theater major. They do runs all over the place. Right. Be, yep, he one of mine. She one of mine because doing runs. Yep, they they mine. You know, but I, I like to create a freedom in that. So I like to put yeah. it on my way, so. Uh-huh. I, I I really want to know your opinion on because I know whatever genre of uh, groups. Oh, what what is your your thing with blends? Because I uh, the, it was a a couple of verses with some R and B groups that happened, and nobody ever talks about like how certain groups. I think why it became such a thing is people had like great blends, and could you? Uh, is there any, uh, can you talk, I guess you could talk about um, what a group is supposed to do. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Uh, in terms of what the, whose job is who, like the soprano, you know, alto, tenor, notes, or whatever. Can you, like, what is the job of a, a group in terms of holding a note, if you can explain that? Um, are you talking about in terms of, like, voice parts and things like that? Yes, like, like, like mm-hmm. people try to define what a great group is. Like, what, what, I guess I should ask that question. How do you define a great group? Mmm, that's some good questions today. Um, a great group to me, number one, knows their niche. They know exactly how they want to sing. And they know their message or aesthetic or audience. And I think all those go hand in hand. They know that stuff. I think musically, from like a musical lens, everybody has a role. 
you know, and, and the roles can interchange depending on the song, the concert, whatever, or you know, the, the album. You know, some groups may, may, may have a lead singer and back up. Some group, everybody share leads. Some group ain't no really lead. Everybody just sings harmony. Some groups, you know, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, in terms of, like, vocal ranges, you know, I mean, I, I sing with my two older brothers. So we're a group, technically. We have a son together so long. But we were, you know, we er, were and are. I think always will be a group, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I know I sing all the high parts because I got the high voice. You know, so I'm going to sing all the high parts. You know, my middle brother, he has, you know, the middle of the three of us. So he usually sings the middle. He'll sometimes take bottom, depending on the song. But then my oldest brother, um, he's more of like a baritone bass. He'll take, you know, bottom most of the time. And so, but I know I'm, I am 9.9 times out of 10 going to take the top notes. You know, so knowing where you're supposed to go is key, you know, harmonically, mm-hmm. because the it, it, the the polyphony of each note or each note within chords is what harmony is, so to speak. So mm-hmm. if, if you got to just know where you're supposed to go at all times musically, and like I said, those roles can change, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the song, depending on the concert, depending on the venue. Maybe somebody said you got to fill in for somebody, whatever, you know. But I think a group is also cohesive all around. A, a, a mm-hmm. excellent group because when I think groups I think when I was younger my favorite group at the at one point in time was Destiny's Child I'm dating myself but I loved and I love the original Destiny's Child I love the new one I mean I loved each era mm-hmm. you know so I didn't have you know um I, I mean I got them hanging up on my wall somewhere um each each era actually you know so mm-hmm. I think about Destiny's Child I think about the Clark sisters I think about you know, Rance Allen group. I think about all these groups who I, you know, even choirs when over to Smallwood, when I go down on Lawrence, just all these different groups. They're, they're different groups in their own right, but they all have a sound that's very cohesive. The, mm-hmm. Whether or not it's from a composer or they just sing different songs, take six. I grew up listening to take six. So, yeah, I think it's just being cohesive all around and knowing your roles and being okay and knowing where you're supposed to go within those roles is key for being, um, you know, a great group that makes a statement. In that same vein, uh, I debate with people all the time on Twitter about this in terms of like singers, because people always think they know what a great singer, this is a great singer, this is a great singer. I define as if I feel like if you can sing any note in the original key and you don't have to like, you know, change the key, you know, whatever, change the key of the song. If you just sing, if you're doing a cover or rendition of a song, if you can sing in its natural key, if, um, and not necessarily do too many riffs or ad-libs, runs, whatever, whatever. It's just if you can look at the song for what it is and, and understand the integrity of the song and you can pull that out of it, even if you're doing all those things. But if you can stay to integrity, so I feel like that's a good singer. So what, what do you define a good singer, a great or great, however you right. mm-hmm. term? I would say everything I said about a group, but related to a soloist, you know, right. so I'll kind of you know, modify depending on a person. And I think also we have to take into account that great in our eyes is subject to the person. It's it's relative. So I remember getting in a debate on Facebook and it became like a widely shared status that people were debating. I just said, Selena Whitney, that's all I said. And I didn't think I'm going to get the response that I got. I mean, that thing surfaced and I was like, and people were, you know, going back and forth and comments and I mean, books, they would write dissertations about what they think. And I, I let, I, I let go of responding. I'm like, this is, it's out of my hands now. I can't even, you know, try to respond to everybody. But, you know, 
Some people thought Whitney was greater. Some people thought Celine mm-hmm. was and is greater. I love them both for different mm-hmm. slash same same reasons. You know, mm-hmm. the control, the fluidity. But, you know, I love Whitney's songs. I love Celine's songs. So I think some of it boils down to a matter of preference. You know, for me, like you said, it, it does have something to do with how can how do they express a song? You know, how do they sing a song? You know, do they keep the integrity? You know, or do they do their own thing? And is it too much? Is it not enough? That's once again a little bit of subjective to the is of of an opinion. You know, so it's hard to say what a great singer, but I think all in all, it comes down to from a technical stance, it's like control, stamina, charisma, uh, authenticity. I think, and I think authenticity is often overlooked by flashy riffs and runs because people, you know, I got to do a run to be able to be a good singer. But I think about people trying to think who, like, like a Jennifer Hudson or Yolanda Adams. They they may not go all over the map vocally, you know, you know, but what they do is powerful. Yolanda's one mm-hmm. of the best gospel artists of all time, like for mm-hmm. real. I mean, I think Mahalia Jackson, she is the top gospel artist of all time, you know, and she wasn't doing no Kimberell stuff, but she sung from the heart and people were connected to it. Um, and even still, she's looked at looked at as one of the greats. So I just think that, you know, it's, 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 it's such a hard conversation to have because there's so many people that have different, different things to look for to look for a good singer, you know, in the lens of, you know, what a good singer should be, you know. Um, so it's, it's hard to answer, but I think it just comes down to preference. Honestly, I really, really think it does, you know. Um, unless you're looking at record sales and stuff, that's what other subject, you know, that I ain't, I ain't an expert right. in that stuff, but you know, just in terms of vocal ability, I think it comes down to preference and stuff like that, you know, because some people, people I like, some people say, oh, they scream too much. Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, oh my God, it's so good. I love it. But some of them, oh, they do too much. I can't listen to them. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, whatever, you know, it is what right. it is. It, I saw somebody say this on Twitter and I thought it was interesting. They were like, um, saying there's a difference between vocal stylists versus singers. Do you think that's a real thing? Vocal stylists? Yeah. Huh. The ones that, yeah, versus a singer. I guess they were trying to say, like, stylists, like, they have, like, a, a great presentation. Like, they make and do all the riffs and runs and notes. And then, but a singer is, like, I guess they were trying to compare, like, uh, a powerful, sing- powerful singer versus, like, a Yolanda Adams versus, like, a... Uh, a Kiki Watt or somebody that does like all those uh, riffs or whatever, like they were trying to say it's a difference. I don't feel like it is, but what you think about that? I don't uh, think it is either. I don't think it is either. Once again, it's in the eye of the beholder. I think that's what it boils down to because some people may say, Hey, just, yeah, I just think it's out of the beholder. I can, I can say this over and over. Um, I think a a mark of a good singer is somebody who can connect to a song. Mm Mm-hmm. That's to me. That's what it boils down to, can, and, and can the audience connect to the artist? That's mm-hmm. why Mary J. Blige is successful. Mm-hmm. That's why Chaka Khan is successful. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Mills, um, you know, Will Donnie, all these artists who sing so differently, but have audiences that will ride or die for them yeah. because some kind of way they connected to this artist to where there's an authentic, you know, connection there, you know, so to speak. So. I just think it's, it's like, can you connect to song? Because a lot of people come to performances. They don't come to performances at concerts 
to necessarily, oh, make sure their palate is up, make sure they hit the run right. They come from experience, <laughs> you know, like they come from experience. Like when I go, like right. my brain, of course, is going to say, oh, that's what they, they're doing, you know, but that's how my brain, but I'm a special case. I'm not, right. you know, right, so right, the right. Per, like my mom may go on to see, you know, the Clark sisters thinking, Karen better hit all the notes right. No, she's going to just have a good time, you know? And so right. am I, honestly. Can't do no wrong in my eyes. So, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I think it comes down to just, can you connect? Can I have an experience while you're singing? Can I be moved? You know, and some artists I do look, I do listen to just for precision and the cleanliness of what they do. Some mm. artists, I mean, some of my favorite recordings and YouTube videos are the ones where they're live. They mm. mess up. They crack. They all, you know, they may not be right on the money every pitch, but there it's an experience that they're giving that they're giving in a video that I'm just like, oh, I just, I just love that part, you know, of of live performances. I feel like a lot of times these live recordings nowadays are so doctored up now, where you miss the live moments, you know, the the, you know, I I, I want to hear a little crack somewhere, you know, I like that, I like yeah. hearing what actually happened in the room versus the quote-unquote live, and then you go in the studio for three years and doctor it up to where it's perfect. And it's like, mm-hmm. I remember that happening <laughs> when I was there, you know. I remember really singing that song, yeah. you know. So <laughs> we got the clapping in there, you know. So, right. But, you know, so that, that's what I say. I think it's connection and, and experience. It's a mark of a good singer. Can you take me on a journey? You know, right. Take me on a journey. This is my last uh, question. I'm going to pass it to EB. Um, I just have this thing. I feel like great singers... It's certain instruments, because I come from a musician perspective sometimes, uh-huh. and that's how I can understand vocals is through a musician lens. And it made me better because it because you got to like intently listen to some uh, lead vocalist because you're taking your cues from them. And what I love is certain instruments, I think, complement certain voices like I love acoustic guitar, like anything like a bass or or some kind of drum instrumentation where it's just the voice. I feel like uh, acoustic guitars and pianos complement a voice. Is there like a certain instrument you think complements a voice uh, well? Hmm. I mean, everything you mentioned, I love, depending on the song, a harp in a, in a voice. Um, I would even say a harpsichord in a voice. Like if you go in classical Baroque, I love a harpsichord. Give me a harpsichord. Nice. You know, I love that. <clears throat> Even an organ, pipe organ, Hammond B three, those yeah. come to the voice well. You know, um, like you said, a bass. Depending, it just, I think it depends on the song, the aesthetic that they're going for. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan of acoustic performances. You know, I like just some backup singers, a singer, and a guitar. Give me that and a little, maybe a little drum for a beat, you know, whatever. You know, I love because some of my favorite artists also, and it's so interesting because I love the screamers and the, you know, and the yellers, but I also love people like Emily King. Mm, yep. So I'm, I'm almost like opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, but we can go there too if she wants to. Let's be clear. Yeah. We can go there. But, but, the quartet style like, harmonies on point. Yeah, the quartet. Oh, she love a quartet. Quartet. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like Tweet and like people like that. I love, you know, what's a Benny Sings. I love him. I mean, oh, Louis yes. Cole. So I like, it's, I like so many, it's such a spectrum yeah. that I like, you know, um, so I think when I think about, you know, Emily King, I think that guitar, you know, the acoustic album she has, I think Legacy's acoustic album, you know, but I do, I think all those instruments, like I said, harpsichord, organ, you know, um, harp, I think anything else that comes to mind, 
I mean, shoot, even other voices, like like a Take Six yeah. Vibe or Manhattan Transfer, they compliment voice as well, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Like I said, I love harpsichord. I just am, I just like Baroque music if we go in classical. That's probably my favorite era, Baroque and Romantic. Probably Baroque for real, though. But um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. You go ahead, B. Oh, okay. Um it's obviously something that's just in your blood. Like this is not a, a choice for you, obviously. And much like it's probably not a choice for your brothers or your family. I know you named your first studio, um, where your studio was originally named after your maternal grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like tell us about the role that she played in your life as it relates to music. Yeah. Um, like I said, she was one of my first inspirations for singing. Uh, I remember she I was only alive to be five years old when she passed. But I remember one of the most vivid memories I have of hers as her singing at one of the last choir concerts she sung at. We had a mass choir concert at my old church. You know, that's, that's old. <laughs> and she she was singing, um, oh, Lord, how excellent. Um, and she was, like I said, one of the best sopranos I've ever heard. And she would go up to the rafters and just sit up there. And I'm like, she, how's she doing that? You know, and my mom would tell me stories about how she would scat around the house like Ella Fitzgerald and she would just be scatting all day. And, you know, and, and the reason why I named my studio after her initially was because um, when she was younger, this is what my mom told me the story. Her, it was her mother. And when she was younger, um, she got an opportunity in an in a, um, offering to sing opera around the world with this company. But because of the time she lived in, her grandmother didn't let her go. So my great-grandmother was like, or great-great-grandmother was like, nah, you know, so she never got a chance to pursue singing, though she sung locally around here, when she moved here, um, you know, during her life, she didn't really branch outside of singing here. You know, I actually have um, a, pro, a part of a program from one of her concerts hanging up in my studio in the, in the part that says, for his almighty grace, I sing. And I think that is just so powerful. And that was in like 1991 when she did the concert. And I found a program going to grad school. And I was like, I need to keep this. I need to keep this program. So I just kept it all these years. Um, and I actually get it tattooed on me too. I just haven't done it yet. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so it was just her watching her sing and seeing that she never got to go after what she really wanted to do. But I've been given almost every opportunity in the world to do so. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this for her, you know, and carry that name while I, you know, grow the studio. And out of out of the studio, actually, my brothers and I started a foundation for my and under my grandmother's name, which is called the Flashy Bass Foundation for the Arts. We give monies to students of color pursuing the arts collegiately. Um, and so we have that as well. So I, though I changed my name to my, you know, my namesake, my own namesake to studio, I gave my grandmother's name to something else. So then it was still, you know, um, be mentioned in the world today, you know, even though she's, you know, she's been gone for almost 30 years now, um, you know, mentioned in the world today. So that's, that's really the huge role that she played, um, in all of our lives. I mean, we all miss her so, 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 so much. I have recordings of her singing on my phone and, you know, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, I just miss hearing that voice. Um, and a lot of times people have said, when I do certain things, I sound like her. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I wish I knew because I don't never know what I sound like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I go to my old church now, sometimes I'll sing. And I'm like, man, you sound just like your grandma when you do that one thing. I'm like, for real? You know, and I'm like, wow. You know, in my mind, I'm just singing, you know. So it's always nice to hear that when people say, you sound, you sound like her when you sing sometimes. Um, and so, so yeah, that's really kind of the big role that she played um, in my upbringing for music. 
it's funny that you mentioned that because my next question was actually going to be, um, since you were talking about how great of a vocalist she was, are there ever moments that you yourself think that you or other people in your family sound like her? And you just said it because I listening to a lot of families, like a lot of, you know, there are always like musical families. Like you can listen to like the Jacksons and hear similarities uh-huh. in everybody's voice or the emotions. You're like you can hear those little it might not be all the time, or even like the Clark sisters, it might not be all the time, but there are times when, you know, Karen will sound like Twinkie, or now yes. Kiki will sound like Dorinda, and, yes. and, and, or even Jackie. Well, I think Jackie can pretty much sound like anybody, but um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask, like, are there moments oh, that yeah. you said you don't, but you hear it in other people? Yeah, I hear it in other people. I'm going to tell you one time, my mom came in for a voice lesson. Mm-hmm. And she was hounding me for this voice lesson. She ain't come back since. But but she came with this one voice lesson that she wanted to have voices so bad with me. And I was sitting in front of the piano. We do exercises. And I stopped and I said, oh, my God, I'm listening to myself sing right now. It was so bizarre how similar we sounded. Now, my brother like my dad. Mm-hmm. I, my voice never really dropped. So I've always felt like my mom my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so when I was listening, when I was working with her, I was like, this is like I'm listening to myself sing. It was so weird. And she said, she said, I did. I was thinking that same thing when I was singing. Like, I sound like you. I said, Mom, we sound alike. And the older I get, the more I start to sound like my mom when I speak, when I sing. And, my, and, I, and I probably, probably sound like my grandma. She's like my mom. My, she sounds like my grandmother, too, when she sings. So it's just weird how Jean... But when I sing with my brothers, we all sound very similar. Right. You know, sometimes people think my middle brother is me singing when I'm singing low. So it's so weird how genes can kind of mix mm-hmm. and do that sort of thing. Um, you know, but I yeah, I mean, I feel like I have the brightest voice of my brothers and I. The bright, kind of more pingy, bright, you know. Um, but I sing the highest, too. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going to be bright, bro. You know? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I hear that. And I think, I think siblings... Sibling singing is some of the best because it's just a blend that you can't replicate. I don't Absolutely. care what you try to do. It's I just think siblings have a blend Absolutely. that you can you just can't duplicate. I mm-hmm. mean, think about the Jacksons, the Clarks, you know, the mm-hmm. Walls, the all these they they there's just a blend that you just cannot duplicate anywhere else because it's just a gene pool that they're all pulling from. That's the same gene pool. Mm-hmm. So of course they're gonna sound, you know, so much alike when they sing which I love. I love that. Yeah, I love it as well. That's that's really great. Now, earlier you said that you would not consider yourself to be a jazz singer, but you can sing jazz. And I I knew exactly what you meant when you said Uh it, but I want to ask this. Are there any jazz or R&B singers that you wish were singing gospel music? <laughs> All of them. No, just playing. No. <laughs> um, of course, of course, Fantasia. Ah, uh, she mm-hmm. first one come to mind. Dude, if you come with a gospel album, so I can shout from me. Mm-hmm. You can take me there anyway. <laughs> um, but I would say Fantasia. I would love. I would love to hear if she were still here today. I would have loved to hear Ella Fitzgerald do gospel. Like, mm-hmm. How would that sound? You know, what would she do with that? Because her mind. I will compare her and Kim Burrell's mind to be similar in how mm-hmm. they they're different artists, but in how they think about chordal structure, how they think about vocal lines and music, they think similarly in that way. So I would right. love to hear Ella sing with like somebody playing an organ, you know, and like how is she 
how would she color that, you know, versus mm-hmm. like, you know, jazz, you know, so I would love to hear that, you know, um, any other R&B. I love to hear Shaka Khan on a gospel song, you know, she did it once on Richard Smallwood, but I love to hear her. I think it was R&B. I'll be honestly curious to hear a little bit of um, um, of Tweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know she can do it. I can mm-hmm. hear her do it. I mean, she does it. I mean, she does it a little bit already. But like for her to come up with like a gospel song, a gospel album will be fire. You know, I mean, even Layla Hathaway. Yeah. Oh my God, how is she? How is she color? And I would love to hear their take on different songs. Like almost like everybody sing the same song, but singing your own way. Wait. How fun would that? Just to hear different people do the same thing. Like what would they do? you know, differently with it. You know, I just think it'd be so fun. But yeah, those are one of the people who I would say I would love to hear do, you know, gospel. I like that you um, mentioned Mahalia again, because um, I've said this forever, and I think people look at me crazy when I say it, but I'm always saying, I want to hear Layla Hathaway sing Mahalia Jackson like I like one of those albums because there are moments that I hear similarities not necessarily that Layla sounds like Mahalia but like just the structure of the song and what they choose to do vocally I hear those things and I think it's something that Layla has explored you know a little bit you know she's Mm -hmm. touched on some gospel projects but it's it's one of those things where i just want to hear it live just for me like i don't i don't care if nobody else buys it if nobody else is listening if nobody likes it like layla can just email it to me and i will sit in my house and watch it all day <laughs> I'm gmail.com okay i mean yeah, email email. Email. <laughs> okay that's it right you know just you know bcc come on layla send it to all of us i know but i really i really love the fact that um you you uh, recognize the difference in how people approach music depending on the genre that they sing because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't because sometimes someone who can sing a jazz song will approach it a certain way but if you give them a gospel song you might be surprised at the way in which they approach it. You mentioned Shaka. Shaka can sing anything in my opinion but mm-hmm. I think the world has never heard Shaka really get a gospel mm-hmm. song and her approach is what will make her stand out from other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Jasmine Sullivan, oh my God. Yeah. Like, hearing her, when she did that um, feature with the Pentatonics on the Joyful Joyful, yeah. she, I forget yeah. what she did, but she did one run, the first time I heard it, I mean, I just, I I said, Jesus, enter this car. I had a good yell. I said, oh God, you here now? Mm-hmm. If you want to hear before, you here today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it just, you can tell when she sung that song, she sung it differently than she sung, you know, stuff from hotels. Right. It was a different vernacular. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she, if you gave her a good gospel song, oh, she would completely murder it. I mean, completely. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would love to hear her sing, like, straight up something church, like, instead of just, like, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. something. But not, and I don't even know so much like a hymn. I would love to hear, like, a something like, today will be the best day of my life, or something like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, Ad libby into more, more mm-hmm. like why should I feel discouraged? Right, you know, like just something like that. That she would, she would sing down on a and song I, like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that is just because for a lot of um, 
R&B singers now, gospel has been their first love anyway. Like that yeah. gospel, even if it's not their first love, it was their introduction to music. music. So a lot of them naturally, you know, could wear the hell out of a gospel song. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, whereas during R&B, it's kind of difficult because there are a lot of R&B singers right now where I listen and I'm like, you had to learn to do this. Um, because a lot of it, you know, 90% of it, in my opinion, it's feeling anyway. So mm-hmm. it's feeling and your conviction whenever you're approaching the song. But I would love to hear, like you said, um, it doesn't have to be a hymn. I mean, I'm a fan of him, so I do. I, I kind of yeah. want to hear him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I would love to hear... Uh, Somebody like Jasmine approach a song like that. Yeah. And I have to ask this, because you are, um, since you do voice coaching, um, what are some of the most common mistakes or errors or issues that you hear people making when they come to you for vocal coaching? I would say the most common, I would say the most common denominator is that people either overthinking or overworking. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been saying this for the last several weeks as I've evolved as a teacher and understand more just about my craft. I have realized that 85% of what people, what people are having trouble with vocally is not a muscular thing. It's not necessarily like a, I mean, let me say it's, it's not, it's, it's not unintentional. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like there's something caught or I have something that's not working. It's mm-hmm. here and it manifests here. Right. And I ask a lot of questions in my co- in my sessions. I'm like, okay, so did you like that? What didn't you like about it? But what about that? Did you, did you not like? And so as you get people talking, they'll say, well, I just like how it sounded. There it is. And now you can't do it. You don't know how it sounds, so you don't want to do it. That's mm-hmm. different than I can't do it. So you right. made it be in your mind that you don't want to do it. So you're not yeah. going to do it. So I was like, so that, man. I said, you see where I'm going with that? I said, so you already made it in your mind and manifested here. Like, I'm just not going to go up there, but you already made it in your mind that you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but let's, you know, let's figure out what you want to do. Let's go for it, you know? So I've, or just people, I get people in my studio who have, I'll say, you know, they want, I want to sing high. I want to sing high. So we start working out the upper part of their voice. Mm-hmm. After a while, they stop. And I'm like, so why, why do you feel like you can't sing high? Tears. They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, when I was two years old, my mom said I couldn't do it. So ever since then, I, you know, and I'm just like, wow. So it's a lot of stuff. It's in here. Mm-hmm. They experience mm-hmm. something and it manifests here, yeah, yeah. you know, but, it, but so there still is something physical going on. But to me, I have to find the root of that physical thing versus just saying, OK, breathe better. No. Why, why aren't you breathing well? You know, right. why, why aren't you, why do you feel like you're overworking? Why do you feel like you have to push? Like even today, I was working on something that said, you got to be a little brighter. Don't, don't, you know, be a little brighter. You know, give a little smile when you sing. They, you know, they said after so long, well, I was told bright was bad. Boom. So you don't want to be bright because you told you was told it was bad. Mm-hmm. Bright is bright. Dark is dark. Loud is loud. So, you know, there's no, it, that's a preference that somebody put upon you. Mm-hmm. That's not truth. That mm-hmm. is just a preference. That is, that is somebody's, Subjective thought to a concept, and mm-hmm. as a job as my as my job as a teacher is to really make sure. Once again, I say neutral, and I just give descriptives. Okay, this is what's light. This was dark. This was this is what is this what you want? Do you yeah. want to be light? Do you want to be dark? Do you want to be this? If not, what do you want to do to change it? Mm. You know. So so that's what I think the most is overworking or overthinking about their voice. 
um, and then it manifests in different ways. So, yeah, I, I feel like everybody comes in. And I look, I overwork too, but I go sit here like I got it all together. Right. I'll be the first one trying to push when I'm not supposed to, when I'm trying, when I should be resting. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Be- and because I, in my mind, when you were explaining that in my head, I thought of quite a few people who are, you know, you know, mainstream professionals. And I feel like those are their issues. So I don't know. I mean, you don't have to name any names, but are there people like that, that you hear professionally, you know, people that we might hear on the radio or be seeing at the BET awards that Mm -hmm. you can pinpoint, you can like, okay, it's, they're overthinking this or they're, or they're working too hard or, you know what they, you know, they're holding back. It's something that's keeping this, there's a wall there that's keeping them. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's more so specific performances versus, you know, maybe like an ongoing trend of a person. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've, yes, yes. To your question. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, and that's why sometimes I'm careful with what I choose to talk about on YouTube because, you know, I also don't want to give of or be inauthentic in my videos. So I get suggestions at the yin yang. Right. Every day, you know, but I don't necessarily adhere to every suggestion because I'm like, I don't know if that's the best thing for me to talk about. Because mm-hmm. you got to be honest. You Your craft. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, wait for another video to come out, <laughs> you yeah. know, or something or wait maybe for somebody else, to, you know, or whatever. The, or find, or maybe, you know, modify, you know, the, the clip that I use, whatever the case may be. Um, so yes, I'd be careful with that too. That's also something to keep in consideration when yeah. I, you know, do my videos. Yeah. That's why I was like, without, you know, you don't have to name any names because uh-huh. I know that especially in your profession, like that can be damning, damaging to your career. Yeah. If, if people think, because everybody's not going to look at it or hear it from the same viewpoint, they don't understand you're looking at it from a scholastic viewpoint as yes. opposed to, oh, no, they just sounded bad and we don't like that. Is it? So, and it's sometimes hard for people to take that type of critique about their favorites because mm-hmm. there's such a connection there. You know, vocals, there's such a connection, a scientifically proven connection that people have with vocals and certain vocals like the reason why babies respond to their mother's voice, you know, more often because they've heard it for eight and a half months, you know, it's something they grow up with. So I can understand why you want to shy away from even mentioning someone's name. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm going to ask you, you know, (laughs) yeah, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's ask you um, (laughs) if you had to give me a top three for each of these categories. So a top three, gospel vocalist and a top three R&B vocalist like who rounds out that top three for you for each so three people for each yes okay okay wait okay back up question are we thinking soloists or can it be like groups like what you it can can be groups as well because I yeah It, it can be groups Okay, because I'm a choir head by na- I, I've a group singing Hezekiah James. That's right. that's 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 me. So right. top three for me, top three gospel. Like once again, this is my personal. I'm gonna just say group. I'm gonna just say yeah. Okay, never mind. No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> you got me thinking now. So in no particular order, this is just people who come right. into my brain. So no particular order. I would say gospel for me. Clark sisters. Mm-hmm. I would say 
Richard Smallwood and Vision mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then a third one, hmm, would probably <sighs> dang, okay. <laughs> um man. It's hard when you only got three. Yes. You <laughs> said like nine or ten. It's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. And, and that's also <laughs> why I included the groups because I was like, oh no, because I, I didn't want to make you have to choose one of the Clark sisters. I know which uh-huh. one you would choose, but I was like, you know, I, I'm gonna do that. So we'll, yes, we'll don't make do it that. Really you guys can't choose. You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, <laughs> then I would say only by because of inf- not only because but because of her influence on me when I was younger, Tiffany Figueroa. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. she was I, probably because I remember watching Hezekiah Walker videos when I was little, and she calling my name. Yes, yeah. what that was my song. Out, yeah. Going into the still my song. Yeah, and I've never heard anybody mention Tiffany like that. So I'm excited. I just got. Physically, I just, it, like, wow, okay. Yeah. Because to me, she was, like, my first, like, because, like I said, I'm a choir dude. She was mm-hmm. my first, like, favorite alto from a choir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because she, I mean, I was seven years, eight years old listening to her sing with that French roll, okay? With that French <laughs> roll. <laughs> and shoulder pads, yeah. yeah. And shoulder pads, okay? But I was like, man, like, Timothy, like, I've always held her in such high regard as like an alto like she is like an all-star alto to me like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. top notch you know mm-hmm. so so yeah I would say just by way of her impact on me as a singer being so young I would say Timony for me okay um so R&B okay I got two of them because I said before Lettucey uh-huh. um and I'm gonna say Tweet because I them the most heard the mm-hmm. most sorry and I would probably say for my third, I'm a (laughs) 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 so hard because that like okay. Once again, out of the inspiration and the prowess she has done over her time on this earth, even though she's more soul. I'm gonna say Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just to me, because she has influenced probably everybody I mentioned <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, you know. Um, and I just, I'm, yeah, and I just watch. I like watching her sing and how she approaches, you know, embellishments and how she kind of just goes Ooh. for it. She yeah. Don't, Back, but it just comes out so natural. Like she's just there. It's mm-hmm. grit, but it's it's fluid. And mm-hmm. so I would say, I would say her. But I, honorable mention, Layla Halfway. Um, uh, honorable okay. <laughs> honorable mention, Jackson Sullivan. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I could give a list of honorable mentions, I feel like right, right, right. The question. So okay, okay. No, that that's that's great. I love what you said, and I do really love what you said about Aretha, and it made me think. Um, one of the reasons that I feel that she's always just went there, um, no matter what era, because 70s Aretha sounds totally different from 80s Aretha. And then by the 90s, her voice was totally different. You know, um, no matter what era, she just went there. And I think a lot of that is because 
you know, earlier as we were talking about the limitations that people have or the problems and issues they have being in their head, I don't feel anyone's ever told Aretha, don't do that. That sounds bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you can hear the difference in someone like her and someone, you know, other singers who are just as popular, but you can tell somebody told them, you know, to watch that or, you know, somebody told them, you know, when they're in their head voice, not to um, project as much, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. So I love that Aretha was mm-hmm. mentioned. And this is my last question for you. Um, we talked earlier a bit about the um, pushback or lack of pushback that you've experienced or felt, but was there ever a point that you personally were frustrated with pursuing the passion yourself? Like you, for whatever reason, just, we're not feeling it. You were just like, yeah, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And if so, how did you overcome that? Well, teaching or singing or both or um, both actually. Mm-hmm. Both. Um, <clears throat> on my singing, I did not want to sing in my mid twenties. I was done. Mm-hmm. I sound old, ugh. but in my mid twenties, mm-hmm. I did not want to sing because I was told I was doing too much. I sung too high, did too many runs. Um, I was too loud. I sung too long. Um, I was told all those things and that, that deflates you. And so there was a point in time where I, for like a year and a half, I did not take gigs that had me do solos. Miss out on money. Miss out yes. opportunity because I was like, uh-uh. Now I'm sing, I'll sing backup. I'll sing in the choir. I'll sing in a group. I'm going to hold down your backup. Like, I got you. Mm-hmm. But I will not sing solo because um, I don't like how I feel when people tell me these things about my voice. Mm-hmm. Um that directly influenced how I teach now. Um, didn't know at the time it was going to influence it, but because I've give, been given such a unique voice in in my singing and speaking, I use that as a tool to help me teach because wow. it's not a one size fits all. It's not a, everybody should sound like this or they should sound like that. Why not enjoy the beauty of everybody's voice that works differently, but it's just as nice as somebody else's, you know? So that's kind of influenced my teaching. And now my teaching, you know, the only, the only pushback I got was when I was um, in school. Um, I didn't really get much pushback outside of school, after school, you know, because I kind of left that environment, you know? So it was kind of like, you know, it was just a point of matter of time to build and things like that. Um, but in terms of the pushback, yeah, I got pushback because they 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 deemed the stuff that I wanted to teach about it ruins your voice. Now, this mm-hmm. ruins your voice. This, you don't need to be doing that. That ruins your why, why even teach that? They just mm-hmm. ruin their voice. And I'm like, no, they, they don't know they, they need help. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. And I'm here, I'm going to be here to help them. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm gonna sing what I connect to for my culture and for my faith. I'm going to sing that way before I sing anything else. Right. Anything else, you know? Um, and then it's like, y'all say it's too much, but I got into my, to this program singing it for 18 years. Mm-hmm. But now it's too much. Now, it's, now, it's gonna, now I'm moving around my voice. Now that I'm 20, you're going to ring your voice. When I was 18 coming in the program, y'all was ecstatic that I got in. It gave me a scholarship. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to ring my voice now that I'm here. That I means it doesn't make right. sense. That doesn't make right. sense. At all. So... So I got, you know, pushback from that. And, you know, I was one of the only people in, in my schooling that wanted to start their own business uh, after school. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought I was crazy. They thought I was nuts in school, the way I was talking about what I wanted to do. And I actually didn't see my studio growing to this capacity. And not that I reached the top. 
but being in this level capacity where I'm, you know, booked two, three months out in advance, which is crazy to me still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I, I didn't see that happening when I was in grad school or undergrad. I just was I would just start teaching, you know. Right. Um yeah. but yeah, so that's the pushback that I have. But you know, I'm just hard headed enough to not, you know, to not dwell there, you know, and say, you know what, I'm right. gonna be All right, you know. But some people don't get that. Some people listen and take in and internalize what people the lies people say to them and you know then they live lives of somewhat regret or like man i wish i could have man you're doing what i want to do no you can do it too my friend you know mm-hmm. so so yeah that's the only push that i really got which is from school um but nothing you know for, for teaching and then singing just had a one moment where I didn't want to sing. Other than that, I had a great support system, have a great support system who told me, like, you do it. Whatever you want to do, just do right. it. So I yeah. love it. You 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 said something. It, it, I said I was done with my question. I got one quick little question before we do this, um, this thing. Um well, first off, to that whoever was telling you that, I, I just want to tell them their ears is they need to get the sugar daddies out their ear because I don't know what they was hearing when they were trying to describe because you have literally perfect pitch like when i watch your videos your pitch, yes you, oh, you. Mr. Legrer, your pitch is perfect so i don't know who was telling you that it's like you're right there it's, most people can't hear somebody and replicate that but you do it perfectly even though you're explaining it and you're trying to tell but just want to say that and they probably those people probably sound like a cat on fire. That's probably, you know, they're trying to transfer that hater energy on you. So. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but um, this one quick question is you mentioned background. You were talking about background for a minute. I want to know uh, to you uh, in your eyes, what do you think? Because I feel like great vocalists, like you go from soprano, like usually they have like a great bottom note in the background to me i feel like bottom notes are the like centerpiece of a song like if they have like i feel like back if, uh certain artists that have certain background vocalists their bottom note singers are always phenomenal my mm-hmm. thing i guess i should ask what what do you think holds down the the harmony better like somebody that sing like um, in terms of like if the lead vocalist is a soprano or alto do you think uh, a bottom note complements the harmony better, or if a soprano is harmonizing better. Like, what do you think complements a, a lead vocalist in terms of harmony background? Um, I, I think all three are equally important, or however many parts are equally sure. important because depending on the artist, and I, I, I even say that I think every artist who has background vocals, they are vital to the cohesion. Yes. of the show, the music, the work. They are vital. And I think every artist has different sounding background vocals or they have a different aesthetic or slightly different, you know, because I sung, I sung with Ricky Dillard and UG for quite some time. So I was a background vocalist for Ricky Dillard, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so fun. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't approach his vernacular singing the same way I would approach you know, if I were singing with Chandler Moore or something, you know, it's just right. different, you totally know? different. <laughs> yeah, totally different. But I feel like depending on what the what the vernacular, the genre, the aesthetic is, the background vocals they make the song, if you will. I mean, they 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 sing mm-hmm. usually they sing the memorable parts of the song, like the right. chorus, the refrain. They sing all the mm-hmm. stuff that people are going to keep singing while the lead is going to kind of float around it. 
Mm-hmm. But the background, they got to hold down that that uh, motif, if you will. You want to call it motif yeah. or motives, whatever. So they have to hold down the, the familiar parts of the song on top of being sure of their harmonies and almost being chameleons and knowing how to assimilate and adapt to what what is going on, you know, um, and being versatile in their offerings. To I, I think I think people think, oh, I can sing, I can be background vocalist. Mm-mm. It's more to, it's more to than just I can sing. It's you know, how can you blend? How can you? And blending requires musical oral hearing things like. Yeah. Keeping your vows, you know, the the the, int- the intensity. Of, there's so many things going to background vocals that I'm not an expert yeah. in, honestly. Um, you know, like I said, I sung with a few gospel artists, but you know, I've never sung R&B background vocals professionally. I've always stuck with gospel. You oh, know, wow. um, in my brain, I won't be part of the Hamiltons, but they ain't, they ain't seen me yet. They ain't, <laughs> oh, the yet. They ain't auditioning yet. Right, so they, ain't, they ain't saying that to me yet by my audition, but in my brain, I'll be the high voice of the Hamilton or something, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, I wouldn't like, you know, that kind of thing. But, but yeah, so that's what I would say. I think it's, they're all the glue equally. Each part is, a, is part of the glue. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I just think it's all part of the glue. I think the air okay. part is as needed as the other. You know, I'm biased. I'm biased to the bottom notes because it's just like you I understand. Let us see, let us see, man. I think it's let us see. Um, who else? I want to say Mary, but it's only been two that I heard that sing bottom note. No, yeah, Mary. I add Mary in there. Uh, Lay- Layla, she has uh two different singers that do that switch that can switch yes. or whatever. But if you can switch too, I love that. I feel like all that. Like you said, Good. yeah, I'm just curious on y'all. Yeah, on I mean, I, I mean, I, I personally am a huge fan of lower voiced women. Yes, I've always, I mean, I'm, I've always had a special spot in my heart for those voices, classical R and B, gospel. I don't care. It's just something about the timbre mm. of of a woman who's singing that low. It's just something. That, it's just. It just is. It, it's so rich to me. Oh, yes. it's just. It just. Ooh, it just makes me so happy hearing. You know. I just. I love that. <laughs> you know. I just. There's such a beauty in those voices, and sometimes women don't like that. Who's like, I want to sing high. I want to be. You know. I'm like, uh-uh. You better sit that bottom, and you better be there, okay? Because it's beautiful. You know. It is it wonderful was, down there. I don't know if it was if you or EB had this. If y'all, because I know y'all sung in a choir growing up, but it was like a. A thing to where everybody wanted to be a soprano. Like the reason why I was an alto in choir because nobody wanted to do alto parts or tenor parts. And the only reason why I knew how to sing all three parts is because I was like, okay, I'll sing it. And nobody, oh, everybody always wanted to be a soprano. I don't get that. I don't know if that's a Baptist church thing or <laughs> or what. But nobody ever wanted to be a soprano. I mean, See, wanted to be alto. an alto or a tenor. They wanted to be just the soprano mm-hmm. voice. And I knew my voice. I, I knew I couldn't be no. So I mean, I could. I eventually got there when I worked my way up to that. Uh, but I'm actually my tone isn't a soprano, so yeah. I had to work my way up to get there to learn those parts <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, here everybody was the alto. Well, when I was growing up, I was like, I'm gonna be alto because they, you know, lay, they call it lady soprano, lazy sopranos. Yes. Um, but I was so soprano. Listen, the altos hold down the heart. I feel like most great mm-hmm. choir songs, like if you go back to Hezekiah Walker. Uh, Kirk Franklin, uh, uh, just all those choir songs that Walter Hawkins, all those great notes are alto notes. 
all those. I feel like there's a harmonies. great and a bite to altos. There's a, there's yes. a depth to altos that soprano just don't possess, in my opinion. A lot of parents soprano, but sopranos go up to the rafters, you know. So I mean, everybody yeah. got their role. It's just, but I feel like altos have a warmth and almost a bite to their sound. Like mm-hmm. James Hall has some of the best altos mm-hmm. on this planet. They just they just. Uh, it's just there. Oh, I love. I remember singing the new G, and I thought I was like, man, I'm part of this. Like this group of altos, like that's crazy. Like we, I feel like we sounded so good all the time. And I'm like, wow, I'm contributing to this sound. That's crazy, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, so absolutely. I think yeah, I think altos have a bite to their sound that's just it's second to none. Well, I have these. I, I wanted to break down uh, some like four. We have me and Eb have our choice of like four like great vocal performances. And I feel like these, it was hard to pick like top four. I was just switching them in and out. I'm like, which the one that I wanted to show? But it, for me, the ones that I'm going to show, EB has his pick as well. But I'm, I'm just going to show you like quick little 30, 30 second parts or whatever mm-hmm. and get to it. But the one I'm about to show Bilal, to me, him just vocally watching him perform. I've seen him like dozens of times and the way he approaches a song is completely different from studio. That's why I'm really big on live performances because uh, Bilal is one of those artists to where you hear the studio version and then his live version completely different. And he can go from his highs and lows is like ridiculously crazy. And I Mm -hmm. guess I like, you said you like aggressive singers. I feel like he's, He's that as well. Like he 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 just understands the assignment with what that uh, vocal performance is supposed to be. Like if he needs to lay back and chill in it in the pocket, mm-hmm. he's gonna do that. But when it's time to like drive it in, he'll go there. But this one is one of my favorites off his debut album. It's Queen Sanity. Uh, this live performance, I think he did it a, a Berkeley Ensemble tribute. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm about to pull it up. Right now, but yeah, he's just incredible. He's one of my favorites. Top, I put him in my top ten, I think, because he's he's that good. But yeah, I'm fixing to pull up the Queen Sanity video. Here it is. But yeah, I'm just going with the the intro and how he started it. If I could block the moon, oh, oh, just a second. There it goes. If I could block the moon, while the sun from the sky, my love for you. Still shine and if the rain won't fail well, my love would still soar. I love you. I can't deny the joy of my love. 
I wish I could play that whole thing because he's killing that. Would it? Oh my god, the way he started it. Oh my god, it's such a jazz feel to it. I just want to know, would it? How do you think think of how he started that song? First off, I mean, I I think. <clears throat> I, I'm a fan of his too. Let me say that too. I really enjoy Bilal. <laughs> and I was, I, he's almost like, I, I don't, he it never comes to my forefront immediately, but when the people say, it's like, oh yeah, like yeah. You know, and I think with his beginning, he has a smooth texture to his voice. There's almost mm-hmm. a smoothness and, and, and a charisma to his voice that I feel like he does, well, he doesn't overdo, he doesn't underdo, he doesn't, he just kind of stays what is true to him. Um, even even his vibrato is almost like a billow. It's not super fast. It's not super. It's just almost like a a billow. And his and even his straight tones. I feel like there's a there's a a a raw texture to it. When I feel like that beginning just kind of brought on all of that. You know, and he takes his time for everything. He's not gonna rush do nothing. I love the fact that he just takes his time. You know, and kind of really settles in. And I feel like he did that at the beginning of that. Just kind of settle in and set up set up the table. You know. And we all got on the table <laughs> after, after the table was set, you know. Right. Uh, it's another part in there where he just drives it in. I wish I could go a little bit further in there, but we got like three. I got like three more before I pass it to EB. But it is straight church. It like started out like with a jazz feel, and then he ended with like a gospel drive, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "This is incredible." But yeah. Uh, well, the, I, I, oh, I actually have a birthday dinner. Just got one more, and then we we go we go let you go. Okay. We, this is uh, Kelly Price. Somebody loves you, but she did a Ella Bell tribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, just a second. I think I think we're similar in that I I also appreciate when a singer goes there because music from for me is more of a feeling. So all of my picks were like you know when they were just going there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's that's my that's that's where I'm comfortable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, th- yeah, like I said, this is the Patty LaBelle one. I was trying to uh, pull it up. I got to pull it up right here. Uh, Patty LaBelle tribute. Uh, about to play it right now. Hold on a second. Here it goes. Hold on, it jumped. Hold on a second. I'd never heard that before. That is wow. Yeah, no, the whole performance is amazing, by the way. I just want Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that note nice, like that. When she goes up the oh my God. And she's so clean. She just she's always very clean 
in what she does. Like she, she, I feel like she's again, and I think a mark of a great artist again. Um, additionally to what I said, is also knowing what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. Kelly just knows what works for her all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she always just stays there. Um, Cause I remember her from Mar- Mariah Carey days. Shoot, I remember them days. Yeah. When she her and you know, and Melody Daniels too. Shout outs to her. Yes. Um, you know, and so listening to Kelly now, and you know, I remember them songs. You know, when she, you know, when she was singing with uh, Ron- uh Isley Brothers, and the, you know, all oh, that. Yeah. I I remember those songs, but yeah, she just always very clean every time she sings and very clear. Mm-hmm. I have really heard her have a bad day if I ever have. I don't think I've ever have heard her. I feel right. like she's always clean, always ready, you know, and she knows exactly what she wants to do and she just executes it so well every single time. Every single time. Real, I know you got to go. We got we play this game with our guests. It's called the What's Wrong With You game. It's going to be real quick. Real quick. It's an easy okay. game. Either or game. It's not necessarily vocal comparisons. It's who do you play more on your playlist? Like, okay. On a regular day. <laughs> and so, real quick. Uh, Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass? I say Marvin Gaye. Okay. Uh, the OJs or the Whispers? Either. Neither. <laughs> neither. Wait, you said Neither. Me, I don't really play them on my thing. You know what? I ain't never like I said. I make I make up the rules as I go. I might have to. I gotta get a pen, and pencil, and write down negative seventeen points or something. You playing that? You know, because everybody's supposed to have both. I can't. I can't find it right now. But when I do, I'm, I'm gonna write down negative seven because you're supposed to say either one. You would have got right. But oh. okay, I don't know. I'll, I've never had a guest say that before, so you, you oh, got really? perplexed a little bit. But no, <laughs> no, you're good. You're fine. You're fine. If you had to choose, though, who would you pick? If I had to choose, I'd probably say the OJs. Okay. You're talking right. You're talking right a little bit. Okay, the next one is Prince or Rick James? Prince. There we go. Okay, those are all. The top three was uh, trick questions. Either one, you would have got right. You kind of oh. almost got uh, what's wrong with you for saying that, but it's fine. We'll move on. Now we're at the part of the game. It's like a roller coaster. I'm, I'm at got you at the top now. These those are the easy ones. Now this one we we're starting to decline a little bit, so you might feel a little bit in your stomach because okay, if you, if you get these wrong, you might get it. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Hold on, hold on. So uh, this is Michael Jackson's specific off the wall or Thriller album. Yes or yes. My okay, my gut. Not that each album is better, worse, better than the other, in my opinion. But my gut is in off the wall. That's what I. Okay, we're gonna go with that. I feel like that's the Lord speaking directly to you to say (laughs) off the wall. So we're gonna go with that answer. Yes, I just feel my gut. So you talking right on that? Yes, we're gonna stay with that. We're gonna let the the Spirit lead you to that. Uh Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Hey now. All right. Uh, The next one. We're gonna go with Miss Aretha. Or Miss Patty LaBelle. Y'all can't. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna choose one. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's also important to me. Um, <laughs> because I've already mentioned Aretha as a big okay. influence. 
Okay. I'm gonna say Patty for today, but y'all know I already said Aretha is an influence, so yes. I'm gonna just I'm gonna, I'm gonna Patty some uh, some um some weight too, so I'm gonna get Patty some weight on that. Okay, so you got you got that right. You didn't get what's wrong with you on that. You, you okay. got it right. Good. Okay. <laughs> I don't think EB's choice. EB wants you to pick different, I, I but you know it don't Aretha, matter. But it's all right. It's yeah, you want to pick Aretha, but yeah, it's don't, weird don't to say Aretha though. But yeah, I mean, just because I already mentioned her, I feel like let me get some shine to Miss Patty. Yes, I already mentioned Aretha. Okay, we start now. Good, we start now. Good. Okay, the next one, I just added this one in here because it's been a very popular debate on Twitter and all the other places on Instagram, whatever. But uh, S- uh, SWV or Escape. For me, oh, mm, mm, I'm going to say for me, SWV. I'm going to say for me, SWV. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for me. Yes, you talking all the way right. (laughs) Good. Just for the listening audience, since we have a a professional vocal coach, just explain (laughs) to them, like you said earlier, explaining the blends and how important that it is. Describe that for SWV real quick, if you can, for the listening audience that (laughs) oppose that view. Really? I mean, to me, this is my personal opinion. I... Another one I enjoy Coco. Let me just say that too. Yes. But I I feel like musically I relate more to SWV's vibe. I feel like they have more musicality for me. Um, although I like Escape, I mean I, I listen to their stuff, they hits growing up. So ain't no shade to nobody. It's just for me, I know more SWV songs. I grew up with them more in my ear than Escape was. Right. Right. But I did. Who can I run to? Like all that stuff. Yes. I do. I know that stuff. Like yeah. shout out to him. Cute but songs. Me, I nice was gowns. By. Yeah. Shout out to Aretha. Okay. <laughs> nice gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> Beautiful gowns. <laughs> she did say that. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> Beautiful gowns. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next one. Brian McKnight or Babyface? Are we talking vocal or like songs? songs who do you who do you play more on your playlist by way of other artists i would say yes baby. all that's included the production okay so credits, songwriter credits all of that accounts to catalog yeah catalog babyface by far there we by go you talk about okay you acing it now okay this is a bonus we just throwing this out here uh faith or mary faith for me for me listen listen me. you, you I've concluded the What's Wrong With You game, and there is nothing wrong with Mr. Jaren M. LeGray. You won the game. Uh, I don't know if I can. I think, what's that dude that's on uh, BET all the time? Those commercial boxes. Peter sent you in the church. Peter, pop off. We get you. That's oh. the constellation. Probably get you. I'm going to try to get you some miracle water. So I'm going to get my right. Lens version of miracle water uh, or cash up you uh, $25.99 or something. Cash App might take five dollars out of it, but oh, right, 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 right. So, you get some miracle though. water. I know you don't drink. We usually give our guests forty ounces and malt liquor, but you know, since you are illustrious, uh, uh, great uh, choir gospel uh, extraordinaire guest, we 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 gonna get hook you up with some miracle water. Miracle water. Okay. <laughs> so come with blessings. <laughs> so come with blessings. <laughs> come with blessings. Thank you so much for coming on this. Yes, all that. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on So Savages. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, giving us your time. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been amazing. Like I said, you're like a vocal scientist to when it comes to, to analyzing these vocals, and you have such an amazing platform. 
and I'm rooting for you because I watch your, your content all the time. So just keep up doing the great stuff, great content. And I love to have you back on because I, I just want to throw some more vocal performances yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah I want to do that more. Yes, we're going we to make that happen. Good. So. But before we go, let them know where they can find you on social media. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, firstly, thank you for having me. Let me say that too. Um, okay. If you want to find my social media, I'm on YouTube. You type in Jan M. LaGreer Studio. I will come up, or just my first and last name, I will come up there. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, I am JM LaGreer Studio. That's J M L E G R A I R S T U D I O. All of those will, you'll find me on all of those platforms with the same name. So, Follow me on TikTok. Yeah, give me all, I do announcements on there too, shorter one, you know. So, so yeah, I'm on all of them though. Instagram, I do stuff too. So, love it. Th- thank you so much for coming on once again. Thank you. Y'all can find all these details on soulsevens.com whenever we post the audio of this. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, y'all, y'all have a good one. Thank y'all for tuning in. Soul Savviness. We'll be back next week, Uh-oh. y'all. Thank y'all so much. I'll see y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the sounds of Soul Savviness Podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.